Thanks for tuning in to the Good, the Bad and the Mad podcast with me, Meg Ellis. GBM is a platform for creatives by creatives, looking to support you in your creative journey wherever that may lead you. We'll chat film and theatre and anything creative in between. Subscribe to our podcasts and our newsletters to keep up to date with our latest guests and events that will help you learn, explore and network within a wonderful yet tough industry. We're here to chat really about the kind of nitty gritty details and the kind of realistic expectations of someone trying to enter the film industry as a newbie, Mm -hmm. as a director, as a writer, as you both are. You've done two feature films today. We've got Soundtrack to 16 and Much Ado, which is in post at the moment. So we yet to see that one. Um, and then you won the micro-budget yeah. film. Uh, London Independent Film Festival. Well done, you. Yeah. It's very impressive. So why film? Because Hillary, I know you did a degree in physics and computer <laughs> yeah. science and what was it? German literature, Anna. Yeah. So how, why, where did your interests kind of begin? So it was always like something we did together. Mm. Um so when we pictured doing film, it was always like either we did it together or in, I don't know, we just never envisioned doing it separately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of about like timing in a way. Yeah, because I was quite a lot younger than me. So when I first went to university, like she didn't even factor into my career. I kind of thought like, oh, well, she was still in school. I had to decide what I wanted to do and I was good at science. So I thought I'll just do science because that's... Right. And I always thought like, you know, when people ask what you want to be when you grow up. I was like, oh, I want to be a filmmaker. Like mm-hmm. I want to be a director. But then, um, yeah, it's just, you know, like when you think you, you know, want to be a fireman or something and you're never going to do it. You know? Yeah, it's an aspiration so, yeah. to We always made like these terrible um, sort of what we thought were feature films, but they were like seven minute long. I mean, you know, when you were kids. <laughs> yeah, um, like home videos. Had, yeah, we, I guess we remade a lot of films that we liked kind of thing. Um, yeah, so we, that was we like, made Harry Potter a lot. You yeah, did? Like copycat like, style? I don't know what cut you guys is. Is but. is in like one of you was acting out Harry Potter and one oh, yeah. of you <laughs> Anna's friends it. especially. I was yeah. usually directing it and filming it and then Anna and her friends. I mean, I say directing, like it was pretty much improvised. It was Yeah. Really. It was like it was just like our main game, basically. It started as like whoever would come over to play would be featured in one of them. <laughs> and That's then amazing. Um, yeah, Do you so just have a catalogue of these really embarrassing, yeah. amazing films that you made as kids? <laughs> I mean, a lot of them got lost, but we've got like three or four that yeah. are our main ones. <laughs> yeah. Soundtrack 16 was the first film that you both worked on. Yeah. And it is a feature film. Mm-hmm. So why, as kind of newbie filmmakers, did you decide to go straight for the feature? Because uh, there's this debate about whether you should make a lot of shorts yeah. before is kind of a calling card. I mean, I think it was actually because we didn't really know that. We weren't in the film industry at all. Um, yeah. I was doing physics and then I thought, I don't. I was having a bit of a crisis being like, I don't want to do physics anymore. What yeah. should I do? And then Anna had just finished school. So we thought, oh, this is a good time to make a film and see how that goes. Right. So I didn't really think like, now I'm starting in the film industry. Where do I start? It was more like, let's make a film and, and see if that's something I could do. Yeah. More public. And then that's what. So where did it come from? Was it kind of a write what you know situation? Yeah. Like where did the story come from? It's very much like based on our teenagehoods. Yeah, it was basically Maisie's story is quite similar to Hillary being a teenager yeah. and like Ben's story, the 
male character, I think it's a bit more like my teenagehood. Yeah. But obviously both like adapted heavily and made more interesting. The title, the concept of making this soundtrack to your 16th year, mm-hmm. was that inspired by something you guys do? The kind of inspiration for the film was I was like just on the bus one day, like listening to us in like some 41 or something. And yeah. I thought, oh, this really takes me back to being 16. And I almost like really remembered what it was like. Yeah. And I just thought like, I just started getting all those songs together and making a playlist yeah. and that really reminded because me of what it was like. It's such a relatable then, idea. Everyone yeah. has that poignant song, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then I thought, oh, I'll just like, I just like labeled the playlist, like soundtrack to 16. And then I thought, oh, that'd be quite a cool title for a film. It's a brilliant title. <laughs> yeah. So you're having a mental crisis in your physics degree and yeah. you're coming to the end of your German lit and yeah. you start to write it. Yeah, so, well, actually, she was literally finishing school, like school, school. Yeah. Oh, you just done your uh, A-level? It took a long it. time to finish this film. Oh my goodness, um, okay. And I was like still in school when we were when we first started writing it. And then... Um, and was it very much a collaborative yeah. process or did like one do the writing and then pass it on to the other? Like how did that... We would go through every scene together and like plan it out and then Hillary would go away and write it and then mm. we'd look at the scenes together and then I'd change them. Um, but because Hillary had, was doing it like full time. Right. Yeah, I took it out here after my physics. So, yeah. Um, and that was the year that Anna was still finishing school. So it was sort of like, yeah, we'd like meet Anna, kind of almost like give me tasks and I'd go away and write them. And then we'd like discuss it after. So how did you find like writing those teenage characters, especially the teenage boys? I had quite a lot of friends that boys, so I was sort of just imagining them. Yeah. <laughs> and she went to Imperial, which is like all boys. Yeah, so no, that's true. Because, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if we'd written it before you, like when you were, 18 or something. Back when I didn't, know, didn't know any boys. Because yeah. yeah. we both went to a girls' school, which is why like, right. we had to go to a girls' school and have yeah. the same problems that I had. Um, where I just didn't know any boys at all. So, yeah. I yeah. guess if we had tried to write it back then, I wouldn't have known. Definitely. What boys are like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Yeah. You grow up in that kind of yeah. environment. So I think it's a great story to kind of get out there and <laughs> prove that like yeah. it's not as like the Hollywood films kind of <laughs> portray quite a lot of the time. When you were writing... Did you know what you were doing? Did you know a screenplay structure? Did you follow a pattern, a method? Um, not really, which maybe you can tell. We <laughs> did read, like, Save the Cat and stuff. Yeah, like, we read the, the classic Save yeah. the Cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, like, completely just, like, freestyle. Yeah, that's true, but I do think um, that we didn't, like, internalise it the way that we have now. How prepared were you as directors and assistants and going into that process um the casting I, I was really nervous in the auditions as well because I was like it's kind of funny because they come in all nervous the first audition I was like I don't know whether I'm acting normal this is how an audition normally yeah. goes I don't know yeah. um yeah that was a bit stressful but then I guess like after you, after a couple then you kind of get the hang of it yeah then... did you was it quite difficult to kind of assume that authority as the kind of director figure, was that a bit scary? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. It really was once we started filming as well. Like, um, I mean, but the only thing that was quite good about this film is that the characters are really young. So I was older than the actors, which I think helped. It so, really does. Yeah. It really does. Because um, as kind of a young female director starting out, I mean, mm. I don't want to put any assumptions, but I'm yeah. assuming yeah. I mean, I was <laughs> that it's, it's quite a daunting task especially working yeah. with experienced crew members yeah yeah I was I think I was more afraid of the crew yeah than the cast because yeah. they, they knew what they were doing a lot more than I did did you find yourself yeah. like relying on their experience yeah I mean I guess I just assumed they all knew how to do their jobs which they did yeah. so I didn't need to worry about them 
Yeah. I guess we learned a lot from them really quickly yeah. and then quite quite fast I felt like like by the end of the shoot I felt like I kind of understood everything yeah um but yeah at the beginning it was quite like I was like am I doing this right I don't know yeah. yeah was there any kind of disasters on filming or firefighting that you had to do in terms of time that made it really hard to get things done fast yeah. the bus filming on the bus was oh, really yeah. hard because we kind of um we like we filmed all night on the bus but I guess because you're not allowed to I mean it was like we basically weren't caught but um you did oh what's it called like, like a gorilla film yeah. shoot oh my goodness but then after a while the same bus drivers kept coming around and they were like you guys again this is kind of weird suspicious <laughs> um what are you doing and then apparently the dp was like oh we're doing like some gravity camera experiments to see how the camera behaves on a bus uh-huh yeah <laughs> And we had one, like, run-in with the police where, um, well, it was like, yeah, because apparently you're not allowed to film <laughs> in a park in the Queen's land. Apparently. Um, <laughs> some, like, old lady was like, this is the Queen's park, and, like, yelling at us, and we were like, oh, no. And then she, like, came back with the police. Um, and oh, my goodness, she really cared. Yeah, yeah, she really did. I did wonder why I she cared so why. much. But um, yeah, I kind of learned from that actually. If you act, the more you act like you don't know what you're doing, the better. Because at first we were like, we'll go and send. um, So we had to go and like report ourselves to like the people in the park. I don't know. And we were were like, we'll send um, Matt, who did the sound, who was like one of the best ones at kind of like looking professional and looking like he knew what he was doing. Right. And I thought that would help, but then I think actually they were more like, well, if you're that professional, why don't you have a permit? Like, right. Yeah. Then when the police annoyed. came, they were like, "So who's the director?" And I was like, "Oh, me. Oh, no. I'm sorry, we do it wrong." And they were like, "It's okay. Just like, yeah, finish a scene and then go." So <laughs> lesson to want to be filmmakers: if the police approach you, act like you are completely naive yeah. and yeah. no idea. What's I mean, going you look on. really confused. Like, what? I don't understand. I was oh, just no. having fun. We were just remaking <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to take a second to let you know that the permits that everybody is talking about are super easy to get a hold of. So if you're wanting to do anything in public, just go and talk to your local government or go on their website and you'll find all the information there. We really don't advise you go and do anything without a permit and have the proper permissions. Back to the podcast. You got through the first shoot quite well and then got to the editing was that just this huge daunting task? That's when we went to Oxford mm-hmm. and to do, and I started a master's and Anna started her undergrad. So right. then like we didn't have any time to work on it basically. Um, so then we got another editor and um, and then kind of like just left him to it and like had meetings every now and then. Was it difficult to kind of get your vision across or? It was, I think he had like, he really got it. Yeah. So it, it was, was really nice because he would like fight us on stuff <clears throat> in, a, in a really good way. And it made you look at it in a new way as well because because we'd written it and um, we directed it. It was very like, you know, we knew everything everyone was feeling all the time. Mm. But then he was the first person to be like, I don't get why she did that. And we'd be like, oh no, it was because of this earlier. Mm. Um, and then he would be like, but I didn't see that. And it was kind of the first time someone would call us out on like missing bits. Yeah. Um, so that was really good because I think otherwise, like that's one of the most useful things, I think, when you get your friends to watch it as well. Mm. Um, when you're doing early edits just to see what they don't understand. Yeah. And then you took it to the London Independent Film Festival. 
Yeah. Was that kind of the big premiere? Yeah, that was really exciting because yeah. it was like, I guess everyone had kind of been on their backs for a while, being mm. like, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? Cause, um, Actually, because we did something production. quite funny, well, quite stupid in a way because we arranged the cast and crew screening because we were like, oh, we don't know when it's going to come out and we've, we were like oh we feel really bad they actually haven't seen it yeah and then like a week later we got into the London Independent Film Festival and we were like oh well they're going to see it there we'd already arranged this thing so then all well, the cast and crew ended up coming to the cast and crew screening two weeks before yeah and then we all went to the festival yeah. <laughs> um, you had everyone there yeah pretty, yeah, pretty much. much I mean yeah. not every Quite single them, person actually but. like the some of the girls haven't seen it yet but they're going to come um this time mm-hmm. so yeah but it was, um, I guess it was good for them in a way to see it before anyone else did because it meant that they kind of knew what was coming. And yeah. how was the process of actually entering the festival? We entered like a bunch of festivals, but we just kind of submitted on Film Freeway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it was kind of like potluck, which ones yeah. get into in a way. Um, but yeah, then we just, we, we were just really surprised to get into it because we've been kind of like worried that we weren't going to get into festivals yeah. <laughs> and then you took it to Cannes did you find any kind of key tactics or methods to kind of keep your head above water and try and get the contacts that you wanted and yeah I feel like we did quite a lot of um like a lot of the useful stuff just happened at parties really yeah I can because we like we had meetings but then we only had like a couple of meetings set up before we went mm-hmm. and then we met more people at parties who were like oh you should meet someone that I know looking towards the future You've got much ado yeah. in the works. Anything else kind of in your back pocket that you're... Yeah, we've been writing a couple of things, um, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, and a good it's break from course. the producing stuff. Um, yeah. But it's kind of all quite early stages. So mm-hmm. um, we did like, I guess, like a vomit draft of one of them. <laughs> um, and... Um, that's kind of it's kind of in a similar genre like I think we're we quite enjoy that like coming of age yeah I noticed the theme across the two you've already made so definitely your kind of genre at the moment what what made you pick Much Ado? Um, We just like we just loved the play so much so we used to we had a few videotapes from Little and one of them was Much Ado so we used to watch it like almost every day (laughs) so um we loved it so much and I saw it in the theatre um when I was little and I got parents take me back again to yeah. play because I loved it so much so I guess like it was just always one that we we knew that it was almost the main fantasy film it was like what, apart from Harry Potter yeah we were like oh one day um we'll make much ado and then then we thought sort of thought like when we were looking for our next film well, why wouldn't we just do much to do now? Yeah. yeah. When we decided that we were going to do, that we were going to like go all in for film, because Soundtrack 16 was kind of an experiment. We were right. like, if this works out, um, maybe we'll do film. If it doesn't work out, I guess I'll do science. Okay. Um, so it was sort of like... So it was a defining moment. Yeah, after I quit my PhD and we were like, we're going to do film now. Mm. It was sort of like, okay, we need to do a film like right now to kind of jump in. Yeah, so, just um, go all in. Yeah, we just thought, oh, we don't want to spend a year writing something. We want to just, like, make something basically ready to go. Yeah. And Shakespeare's, like, you know, we, took, we spent, like, a month or two adapting it. But So tell yeah. me about your adaption of it. Uh, well, so similar kind of age to Soundtrack 16, but a little bit older, so that mm-hmm. they're all university students. Um, and the so the, the men who are usually coming back from war 
um, we replaced with them being a rugby team and they're coming back from like their, their match. Mm-hmm. I guess I think as characters, they it kind of fits because they are quite young and laddish and mm-hmm. like that kind of like war laddish chat kind of just translates quite well to like rugby boys. And then um, when it gets darker, we kind of went really quite dark. Like so much happens to Hero and mm. I think usually... Um, you kind of miss out on her reaction to that stuff. Yeah. Part of the reason maybe is because it's so dark, um, because she's slandered and humiliated. Mm. And if you dwell on that for too long, it's hard to get back to the comedy. I guess generally it's a bit more female focused because it's got, I think Beatrice and Hero have more of, you have more of their point of view than the voice. Yeah, because in the play, Hero has barely any lines. Mm. I mean, in quite a lot of adaptations, she's kind of like there as a prop miss, like... All this bad stuff happens to her, but she's kind of like, and she, but she barely says anything about it. Um, and we can't really, we gave her like a couple of lines that we moved around, but it wasn't really like, it's not like she can talk a lot more, but we still tried to like tell it a lot more from her point of view. Okay. Like she was just kind of shy, so she doesn't talk a lot, but she's got like a lot more presence, I think, than yeah. she usually gets given. How did that shoot go? Like, did you have lessons that you learned from doing soundtrack that you took? into much to do yeah they were very different shoots because soundtrack was like a lot more because we had this crew that kind of all knew what they were doing and they all got together by ben um we did this one on our own so um and we all lived in a house for three weeks that was the really main you thing did? actually yeah, yeah. so I it was like the us. lesson would be more like don't live in a house <laughs> it was just a very different not environment that, not that, that was bad but it was just like there was nowhere to go to like sleep or get away kind you of were thing. just you constantly just surrounded by your car yeah. yeah oh my goodness <laughs> it was basically so just like mad. big brother making a film in the background <laughs> i guess it was it was fun in retrospect yeah yeah um, this was the mad it, part of the podcast though. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i think the directing is like the most fun thing that we do even though we had spent so much time like doing all the admin and getting things yeah. ready and but and so but then when you're actually doing it you don't even have time to enjoy it you're just like oh god next thing next thing yeah. got to get this film together yeah. and then I yeah think it was just really so hard like, producing it and directing it at the same time because mm-hmm. it was like there wasn't I mean we had a line producer and he like I don't even know if it would have happened without him because he definitely took like so much of the brunt but <clears> there was still just so much to do at doing both those things at the mm-hmm. same time and then sometimes I guess luckily at least having two of us, sometimes one of us was directing more and one of us was, like, too tired or, like, producing or too tired from producing. I was going to ask, how did that kind of co-directing relationship work? And I mean, your sisters, were you at each other's throats or were you quite supportive of each other? How was it? I mean, when we get exhausted, we certainly do (laughs) have tensions. But... um, but I think the thing is, because we both care way more about the film than any individual argument, you right. know, like that at the end of the day, that's that's the only thing that matters. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so like if we disagree on something... It's like the film not getting done. Yeah. So like, we must not let that happen. Yeah, yeah so. if we disagree, I think we just resolve it really quickly because we don't want to waste any time. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of annoying that we have disagreed, but then, oh well. When we're at our most effective, it's like, we'll just both split up and do, you know, scenes with like, if you have more than two actors or whatever, one talks to this one, the other talks to this mm-hmm. one, and then you, you try and get around faster, which is quite efficient. Yeah. Um, but you have to be very, like, on the same wavelength, which you almost always are. Yeah. But then if you sometimes give someone a, something and the other one didn't realise, like... 
Yeah, I guess very occasionally you can be like, oh, can you do that differently? And and or like, and you just told them to do it like that. But I yeah. think that probably happened like once or twice. Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot. So then that is quite efficient. Do you prepare shop lists and? Um, no we didn't we always kind of wanted to and yeah. then it's always like the last thing I feel like I think we maybe did for the church day we almost oh, yeah. did so one day we were filming in a church and there was just so much to get done that day we mm. did have a meeting before we discussed what angles we were going to do mm. but even then I think we didn't necessarily stick to it yeah you just had it that was... kind of freedom to just experiment on the day yeah I think that's the good thing about like um like micro budget or low budget independent films is that you do have that kind of freedom yeah yeah to experiment with different angles and because you've got the time and also like getting people back because we did a reshoot for two days um and we just decided to do the bitch and benedict scenes which i think was quite nice as well because then everyone had gone home because like during most of the shoot there's 18 in the cast plus the crew it's like quite mad you're just trying to film in one room and so people are having a party in another room and yeah because yeah. i mean they're all like in around all the time you know so they've got to go somewhere for the love scenes it was really nice not having anyone else in the house mm. because she also was saying like she didn't feel she felt like fomo the whole time other times she's like oh what's going on um but then she was like oh it's really nice to have like quiet now also so it kind of worked for us yeah for yeah more intimate moments. Mm. Yeah, because we also had like a what we call a sex scene, although the other day our friend was like, this isn't a sex scene, I was expecting like the room. But um, yeah, we have like a kind of making out implied, you know, which is quite hard to do. How was that to direct? Um, was it a little awkward? Was um, it? We rehearsed it. So yeah. I think again, like the rehearsal helped a lot with that. Yeah, I think it, w- it would have been awkward if we hadn't rehearsed it. Because I think the most awkward thing well, I, I, I got the feeling the most awkward thing for the actors would have been to have to improvise mm. because then it's kind of like the line between this being... I mean, you do think like when it's just the four of you in a room and two of them are making out, it's like the line between like this and you cheating on your boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? It's like just <laughs> yeah. us being here yeah. is what makes it different. And I think if you just tell them to improvise, then it's kind of it kind of gets into like them more than like the Their characters they're playing. Rather yeah. than the characters. So yeah. if you're like... So we had quite detailed instructions by the time we got to the mm-hmm. um, the actual filming. It was like, you walk here, then you pick her up, and then you put her down on the bed here. Yeah. And so I think that really, like, helped and took away from the awkwardness. Yeah. yeah. And we talked so quite a lot at the beginning about what they wanted to do as well. And yeah. So we kind of talked to like, through first. And then, was okay and so. Yeah. And then, yeah. Are you excited to kind of show everyone that one? Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited for actually to be to done. When do we think we might be able to see that one? Well, we're in 2020 now. Yeah. 2021? Yeah, uh, we're gonna have a Q and A with the main boys and the uh, the main girl. So yeah, so that's our first like kickoff screening, and then we're doing a tour of some other cinemas. Got some more screenings, another one with Prince Charles as well in London. Um, yeah, and then a couple outside of London, and then we're gonna release um, more widely after that, uh, probably in April. That's so, yeah. so exciting! Yeah, yeah. well done. To I'm both excited for it to be shipped off.
I'm going to do a few quick fire questions just cool. on your first instinct preferences. Okay. Okay. So would you prefer a bad actor or a demanding actor? Demanding actor. Demanding actor, yeah. Big budget or creative control? Ooh. Why not take big budget? Career-wise, <laughs> big budget, but, but I'd actually prefer creative control <laughs> for enjoyment. Writing or directing? Directing. I don't know. That's hard. I guess, I think, I guess directing, yeah. Okay. Directing. I'm just thinking about doing it now and I thought writing is quite lonely sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Netflix or Prime? Yeah, that's fine. I'm gonna, I want to go for Prime because I think it's nice how they take all the movies. I mean, I'll go for Netflix just because I feel like I can't agree with you on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Tarantino or Spielberg? Spielberg. Yeah, I do. Yeah? London or LA? London. London. Brad or Leo? Ooh. <laughs> Leo. Yeah, <laughs> it, <was a> <laughs> like it sounds like I'm just copying you. You're just faster than me. Okay, quick fire. <laughs> quick fire. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, thank you for joining us on the very first episode of The Good, The Bad and The Mad. We will look forward to seeing Soundtrack 16 on the 14th of March yeah. at the Prince Charles Theatre in London. That's it. Hey! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Good, The Bad and The Mad. Follow us on social media at Good, Bad, Mad and let us know what you thought. Enjoy the rest of your day.